Hello! Hello! Welcome to Reality Check, where we decode the drama, debunk the myths, and take a deep dive into mental health portrayed on the movie screen. My name is Selena, and I'm a licensed therapist. And my name is Jacqueline. I am her best friend. Yay! So today we're going to be talking about episodes three and four of The Bear, continuation on. Do you want to give us a synopsis or a little recap of what happened in those episodes? Yeah. Uh, well, what I gathered from, especially episode three, uh, it started out with Carmi in AA, um, which at the beginning I did not know was AA until you really listened to what she was saying, mm-hmm. um, which, oh, side no. note, is Molly Ringwald. That's not Molly Ringwald. That's it. Sure. I just know her from... Um... The sick, the pregnant teenage pregnancy show. What is that? Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. the name of that? Yeah, show? I don't know the show, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, because she's also from that's so scary or that's so me, something like that. And it was like scary stuff. Yeah, she was in that. Um, but anyways, um, it started off with him and AA, which is really good because Al-Anon. he needed Alanon. Alanon is for people. Like family members of people who are in AA are like addicts. Yes. AA is I, for the addicts. Alan. Well, I found that out <laughs> later in the episode when he said it out loud because uh, I was very confused why he was there. Um, um, I'm like, he smokes cigarettes. That's all I can see that he does. I didn't think mm-hmm. he did anything else that the mm-hmm. at the time the show uncovered. But yes, later on he tells Sugar that he went to an Al-Anon meeting and she was extremely proud of him and happy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, they, Sugar and him are divided. Um, Richard is still chaotic and toxic. Um, and Carmi is taking lessons from the Al-Anon to fix the problem and how to maneuver around it. That is what I got out of episode three of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So episode four, what I got is it all started out, of course, what's new with Richard and Carmi yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at the doorstep for a kid's birthday party because Carmi is once again saving the day. And he's coming in and trying to get them out of a jam of money that they owed Cesario. Um and so they do that. And once again, Cicero and Richard messes it up mm-hmm. and throws a pillow Xanax. But we don't know if it's Richard because Carmi takes the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all turned out okay. It was a good family meeting. What really hit home for Carmi is when he was stuck in the kitchen with everyone and they mm-hmm. all attacked him mm-hmm. and told him he's a joke. And he is nothing, and going out there was just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Except for one person uh, in the family, which I'm assuming is Sugar's boyfriend or husband. Yeah. Husband, he had a moment after he drank the green drink, which we all know <laughs> had Xanax in it, um, and had a really opening moment with him and was just like, hey, I followed you through it all. I was rooting for you. I'm proud of you. And you can see Carmi's reaction wasn't why, but it was more like a realization of 
I do have people on my side. It's the people he didn't realize were there. Um, not necessarily the people he, I don't want to say wanted on his side, but wasn't expecting. Um, mm -hmm. And then it also, at the end of it, Carmi had a lot of aha moments in this episode. And Peter was the one that told him, while you were gone, Sugar missed you. Mm -hmm. And that made him realize Sugar is not against him. As I say, with all that being said, what is your views as a therapist um, about Richard? Like, how do you feel when Richard gets on screen? What is your take on him? Oof. Richard, he, uh, he, he's like a, I just see him as a, it's just like a small child. Um, <laughs> yeah, because like... I, there's this idea that like trauma wherever our trauma happened is like where like our aggression or our anger or sadness will look like at that age so like i see him as a very young like five six year old something has happened to him in his childhood for sure um and not to mention like we know that he has a suspended license he has is like doesn't have custody of his child um has obvious anger issues um and i think some of its culture like um like chicago culture um but also anger issues for sure like the whole like irresponsibility with the gun um yes so it's interesting because i think he's very threatened by carmy uh, because I think he holds a lot of resentment towards Carmi because Mikey gave him the restaurant and not Richie. And even though, like, Richie was there the whole time, there's this idea that, like, Carmi went off and, like, he left the family. Um, and I think that's why people are so upset with him. So when he goes to this birthday party, the people are like, how does it feel to be a loser? Right? Yeah. Like, oof. Really, like, dogging on Carmi. Yeah, um, I... I I did not see it that way, and I'm happy you opened my eyes to that because um, I just cannot handle when he's on the screen. Like, mm -hmm. I want to fast forward it and just not listen because it's, it's nothing but chaos, mm -hmm. and it, it's not right. Um, there is a scene when he was at this birthday party. Mm -hmm. It flashed a lot back to the kitchen because... Mm -hmm. The kitchen, he put Sydney in charge. He had that talk with Sydney, um, which was part of the fixing. He wanted to go the French way. Um, I think it's great that he took Richie away from that because I feel like if Richie was there during Sydney's, I don't want to say takeover, but I think that's what they used. Uh, the brigade, is that what they said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he would have been more toxic because there was a moment of her and Tina battling mm -hmm. over this it thing. was it was a low toxic it wasn't mm -hmm. big it was something what was your take on that like how would like Tina's personality and the way yeah, she I handled think, that I think Tina there's some like distrust right so sydney and carmy are new to the system right they're new to the kitchen they've been doing this tina's been working there for years um 
you know, she's used to one way of working. And so it makes sense of like, most people are resistant to change, right? When have you ever been to a job or like, we're going to change everything that we do. And it's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but then like, after a while of doing it, it gets a little bit easier and becomes more familiar. Yeah. So I think Tina, I think it was, um, Tina, so Tina kept, like, fucking with her onions, Sydney's onions, and then it was, like, she had, Tina had burned the the cream or whatever that was going to go in the mashed potatoes, and Sydney, just without asking, just, like, put it up there, and she was like, why did you do that? She's like, I was helping you, and so I think that, like, built trust between those two, and Tina's, like, starting to come more to the side of, like, okay, these changes aren't all bad. Well, um, hmm I noticed, yes, the kitchen does not like change, and none of them do. Like every kitchen, I don't know if you've ever worked in a kitchen, but like most kitchens, you have to prove yourself. And to prove yourself is to either taste what the chef is cooking or to watch the stewardess, you know, do what he or she can do, the dishwashing, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what happened when what really made me mad is Sydney walked away because she had to find her onions, and she boiled her soup over, and Carmi came in and just laid it into her. Carmi did not stop to ask, why is the soup hot? Why is this? Why is that? And Sydney didn't turn around and say, Tina, there was no ratting out in any of this. I think a lot of that comes from, uh, like you said, like toxic, like the toxicness, and I think Sydney was saving her ass and Tina's ass because they both would have been reamed. Oh, yes. So I really appreciate the conversation at the end of episode three between Sydney and Carmen because of that disagreement, right? Sydney's like, I had a shit day. Carmen's like, tell me what happened. And I really like how they were both just very honest and they were like, we need honesty and transparency. Like, I need to know where you're at. And because she was mad, Sydney was mad at Carmi for just like leaving, but didn't know that he was going to an Al Anon, right? Like just up and left. Carmi's very reserved about what's going on. Um, and so Sydney's like, what the fuck? You're just leaving us. Like, how are you just gonna like throw this thing on me? Like, ask me to do a brigade, make the brigade work, and then just disappear, right? And then all this hazing is happening. So Sydney's like, she's got a rough day. And to have a conversation at the end of the day, I think really strengthened their relationship. And I think what made her mad, and I think, I don't know if she grew up with siblings. I don't know if this is like a past trauma, but she was not happy when she went to the chef and said, hey, do you know where my onions are? And he's like, they're hazing you, get over it. That's not supportive. And I believe that's how Carmi was raised, was you don't get any support. And that, like you said in the, in the past, was that could be a childhood thing, you know? Totally. Maybe he didn't get support as a child. So then mm-hmm. in his adult life, no one around him is going to get support because why did he? Or he didn't. Yes. Which brings me to my, an interesting point of like, so when, um, when they were at the birthday party, they were talking about it was Cicero which is Uncle Jimmy and Carmi talking at the end like the birthday party was over everyone was like Xanax out falling asleep on the lawn which was hilarious horrible but hilarious yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that could have been really dangerous but everyone was okay yes. Cicero wasn't mad so it was good 
this idea uh, they were talking about. So from that conversation, we know that Carmi's dad was an addict. I'm understanding that he's still alive, but he's like in the wind somewhere. We don't know where. Um, and so um, Uncle Jimmy Cicero was like, I'm in that restaurant for five minutes and all I can think about is bad shit. And so I guess the dad owned the restaurant first, dumped it on the mom. The mom couldn't take care of it. And so Mikey jumped in and then um, Mikey is now dead. Um, And so when he was like, Uncle Jimmy was like, that's all I think about is bad shit. Carmi was like, I think that's why I like it. Right. Yes. Um, um, and that's why I want to fix it. What did he say? Yes, probably why I like it so much. And and Jimmy was like, that's probably why you want to fix it. So this idea that like the restaurant is a metaphor for Carmi's family. Because Carmi's family is chaotic, right? We have an addict. His mom has been described as like chaotic. She's kind of um we don't really know a whole lot about her yet, but she know like she's not really mentioned she's not a main character so i'm under the impression that something is going on with her that we don't know yet um then we have a brother who has died by suicide a sister who is um i think she's trying to get we can talk a little bit more about her dynamic um but she's trying to like get out of the chaos um she married peter peter is more calm right peter is not like He's just a chill guy. I think that's why people don't like him. It's because like he's not chaos for yeah. Peter, right? But he's not part of the clan. Idea about like the family is the restaurant. And so we we oftentimes like we want to fix our family. We want to put it back together. And so I think that's what Carmi is trying to do, like on a subconscious level. If he can fix the restaurant, then he can fix his family and then he can feel better about himself. And maybe he can feel less guilty or make a new path for his family. That's kind of how I'm seeing it on like a psycho, like a psychological level. Yeah, I definitely did not see that. That's an interesting metaphor about that restaurant because it is chaotic and i feel like the restaurant is toxic mm -hmm. um i'm rooting for him to stay at the restaurant but mm -hmm. i feel like he was better off without it i did notice um that he didn't have as many flashbacks mm -hmm. because he wasn't in the restaurant mm -hmm. he was outside of it and mm -hmm. he was with his family and I think the family you know was present so there was like why is there any need for flashbacks right like I I have it here mm -hmm. um and he didn't have like we discussed in the previous podcast the tickets you know the the of the stove um mm -hmm. so he didn't have a lot of flashbacks in these in episode three and four I noticed mm-hmm mm-hmm I do want to talk a little bit about Marcus, who I thought was Elboy, but that's not Elboy. Um, he mm -hmm. Marcus is the donut guy. Mm -hmm. He is the character that is very quiet, mm -hmm. but he's like trying to make a thing with donuts. Mm -hmm. um, and he printed all of Carmi's creations out, mm -hmm. which was a small flashback, but it wasn't a bad one. It was mm -hmm. more of like a a happiness of what he did mm -hmm. so he brought positivity 
to the chaos. Mm-hmm. And Carmi's flashbacks were not negative. They were somewhat positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would your take on him be? Like, what, how do you, what do you feel he would be if he's not the toxic and he's not the calm? What would he be? He's trying to find his own path inside the restaurant. Um, it's obvious that he wants to learn. Um, but I think, I don't know. I think he's, there's not a whole lot on him as far as like where he comes from. But I do think he has like this calming presence inside the kitchen. He's not as like chaotic, but he can definitely roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a whole lot on him yet. I think I need to see more of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely, like I said, I just, I like the take of the family and the the restaurant because I mm-hmm. definitely did not see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Peter because he's kind of in this family dynamic. Um, yeah. He, to me, is so fascinating. He's like the opposite of the family i think of so at the birthday party they were talking about like fuck peter's gonna be there right on the way over they're not looking forward to seeing this guy they're like is he a narc right because if you pay attention in the in the beginning of the scene when they're all at the restaurant they're talking about the white socks so in chicago there's the white socks and the cubs and like divides the city right Mm -hmm. so the kitchen the people in the kitchen that's like very much his family they're all white Sox fans and they're talking about like the players and the stats and all this right and so then peter comes out as a cubs fan right so he's already dividing himself like chicago sports fans are loyal like they are loyal and hardcore so like Mm -hmm. if you are a Sox or you are a cubs fan like no done um so already peter they're like fuck him he's gonna be a narc there's like we know we're questioning whether cicero is part of the mob or not because there's language like he's gonna break your legs if he doesn't pay off the loans right very mob like yes so peter is like this goody goody two-shoe right he's wearing his best and his like plaid shirt or whatever very his like best <laughs> yeah his like very suburban not from the streets of chicago like not rough in it had a privileged life outfit uh, um but he you know when it's interesting i think because like he comes from like a different clan so he goes the opposite of what the family is um so when carmy leaves and goes to new york like you were saying it's like peter followed him and was really proud of him and saw that he was doing okay and like doing good things and so when they're in the kitchen uh at the birthday party which is very reflective of like the chaos of the kitchen of the restaurant like just yelling at each other everyone's like talking over each other fighting all these things and they're calling carmy a loser for like coming back like how does it feel to be a loser like you failed you didn't make it and we don't know why he came back i i'm guessing he came back because mikey died and so he's gonna take over the restaurant um but peter was like cut through the noise and was like actually he won these awards like he did really good all these like cool things and you could see in like Carmi's face he was like thank you for saying something and I think I imagine with a family like that that those instances happen over and over and over where everyone is talking over each other and then you're missing that person and that person's pain you're like 
belittling their struggles or um, not making space for that, right? And so from like a, from a, like a, my therapy brain, it's like, this probably is why um, Carmi has anxiety. It's obvious that he has something, right? But it's definitely at the very least anxiety. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also... I also saw, so like as much as Carmi has all this toxic trauma and everything, I also noticed that the reason why Peter stood up and and spoke out is because he had support growing up. Like you mm-hmm. said, he had that privilege and he doesn't know any different of like, well, I had support. So surely they need support or they have support. So he just, you know, he spoke up and I think that was what was needed and yeah, he is a very interesting character because mm-hmm. he is very much hated on, mm-hmm. but I I don't know if he will be liked, but I have a feeling from that drive home from him drinking it, mm-hmm. he, he shoved his head on Carmi and mm-hmm. Carmi's last words were, I'm sorry, Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Carmi and Peter are warming up to each other. Uh, yeah. Richie is always is just stubborn and I don't think he likes change. I don't think he likes things when they don't go his way again, like the five-year-old, like, it's not my way. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of throws a little bit of a, he throws tantrums for sure. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is the, like, the Al-Anon meeting. So, Carmi has been going to Al-Anon now, which is great. I think... Um, I think he goes like three times a week or something, which is a lot, which is great. Explain what that Al-Anon is one more time, yeah. please. So there, everyone knows, most people know the famous like AA, so Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, that is for the people who are struggling with alcohol addiction or drug addiction or any sort of addiction on. Or AA. Al-Anon is for the family members of people of addicts. So if... um. You know, if I had a family member or a friend who was an addict and I was really struggling with that relationship, I could go to Al-Anon. Most of them are free groups. Um, They usually, like, pass around a basket for, like, donations to pay for the space kind of thing. Um, There are Al-Anon groups that you can just, like, pop in and there are closed Al-Anon groups. So a closed group is, like, it's the same people and you have to, like, sign up to be on invited into the the group um but there are open groups it's like you can come and go as you please um yeah so that is that's the kind of the difference between aa and al-anon al-anon is more for the family and friends of the people who are addicts okay that's interesting Mm -hmm. i I always find it very interesting in this they're like it's not gonna be this way right someone will say something like uh, at the birthday party, Carmi was like, I need you to, like, chill out. I need you to be chill. And Richie was like, it's not going to be that. And literally the next scene, he is yelling and screaming at Cicero, right? So at, in this meeting, the woman is talking about, you know, I was also part of the problem. I enabled my loved one and their drinking. And, uh, you know, talking about I had to just remove myself from I had to change the situation. So I had to remove myself from the toxic situation. And then the next scene is everyone screaming in the t- kitchen, like just like pure chaos fighting over each other. It's like so I think Carmi is thinking, like, how do I remove this situation? 
Um, which is why I think he starts the brigade. He's like, this has gotta, we gotta like have some sort of order because this chaos is gonna kill us. Which is yeah. interesting because I think the chaos is what killed Mikey. That's interesting. Yeah. I um yeah, it all comes down to chaos with this <laughs> people. And I'm I like I said, I can't wait to keep diving into this because a part of me really hopes this chaos goes away. Um, but I don't I don't I don't think it will unless Mikey goes or not Mikey, I'm not Mikey, um Richard mm-hmm. goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Richard definitely is, like, the resistance to the change within like, mm-hmm. the dynamic of the restaurant and probably even in the family. All right, well, that concludes uh, this episode. As a reminder, just because I'm a therapist doesn't mean that I am your therapist. So if you are in need of therapy, um, you are more than to welcome to reach out if you are in my area or there are many other ways to access therapy uh, my favorite website is therapy den if you're looking for a listserv um, that's not sponsored that's just a fun little fact <laughs> uh, um, um, and again my name is selena and my name is jacqueline and this has been reality check thank you for listening make sure you like and subscribe bye, bye.